Even so, Lord, quickly come, bring your final harvest home, gather all your people in, free from sorrow, free from sin. Uh, if you've um, not been around at Christchurch Forward in the mornings over the last few weeks, then you won't know that we've been taking a really exciting look through the book of Revelation. Uh, and uh, amazingly, we've got to the point in Revelation on Harvest Sunday where God talks about his final harvest. It's almost as though we plan it that way. Um, Revelation is a, a book that is very much talked about, but often misunderstood. When people think of Revelation, uh, they think of uh, big creatures with eyes popping out of their heads and, and big wings and such like. Uh, they think of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, they think of um, old horror movies and the number 666. Um, people think that Revelation is a bit weird. It's a bit out there. It's a bit unreadable. It's the sort of stuff that crackpots use to predict the end of the world. But actually, Revelation is dead down to earth. It's grounded in reality. Um, yes, there's plenty of creativity going on in the way that things are described and brought alive, but we do that all the time, don't we? Um, so if I, uh, if I show you uh, uh, certain colours, they'll make you feel certain ways. If I show you red, how does it make you feel? Yep. Angry. Red makes us feel angry. Hot was something somebody else said in the first service. If I show you blue, how does that make you feel? They're all smiling over here. Uh, did somebody say sad then? Sad. Yeah, it makes you feel sad. Uh, cold was another thing that was mentioned. What about black? What does that bring to mind? Death. You think of death when we think of black. So we use colours all the time, and it's not just colours. Um, what about numbers? Uh, we talk about the, the four... Whoops. The four... Oh, never mind. The four corners of the earth um, as being, uh, you know, ev including absolutely everything. If I showed you this number, how would you feel if you got one of these numbers? It's unlucky, yeah, 13, unlucky for some. So we use numbers as picture language as well. And it's not only numbers, it's also animals as well. What country does this animal make you think of? Australia. Australia. Uh, yeah, Australia. Um, uh, uh, the bear makes us think of what country? Russia. And uh, we like to think of ourselves, and this is my niece's birthday present from yesterday, making a star appearance this morning. Uh, we like to think of ourselves as the British... Lions. I'm going to give that back to her so she can look after him. There you go. Thank you very much, Isabel. Um, so uh, we often use picture language. Revelation is no different. It's just talking in the picture language of the day. And that's not weird at all. Uh, and although Revelation does have an eye on the future, it is a book that always has, always will, be about giving people hope and strength now today. It does have an eye on the future, but it's about now. It's about today. And sometimes hope and strength is just what we need, isn't it? The Bible never lies about how difficult life is going to be. If you read back in Genesis 2 and 3, these, these churches who are facing a world which is the same as ours. It, it was like it was then, like it is now. It's a mess, and it isn't meant to be like that. Hard stuff will come our way, the churches are told. And it's the same for us today. We will get things wrong. We will mess up. We will ignore God. And suffering is inevitable. It will come to us all one day. We'll all be facing or will one day face all sorts. So let me ask you, how's school? Is it going all right or is it tough at the moment? What about work? Is it hard work? Is it difficult at work at the moment? Are you worried about things financially? A lot of people will be. Uh, are you worried about a health issue of some sort? Uh, are you worried about the sin in your life? 
bothered about the temptations you're facing. That thing that just keeps coming up over and over again. Is someone teasing you about trusting in Jesus? Well, Revelation is all about helping us carry on in this broken world, especially when it gets tough. It's helping us carry on in this broken world, especially when it gets tough. And we're going to be reminded this morning, over and over again, of two little words. There's a clue as to what those two words might be. Can anybody guess? It's behind you. It's behind you. Yes, the is coming up, maybe. Um, uh, keep going. Keep going. We're going to uh, be thinking about that as this service goes by, and we're also going to be thanking God for all the good things he gives us, not least food. So I'm going to hand back to Joe. Like me, it's the journey home. Um, uh, at the end of holidays, I know you're not supposed to feel tired, but often I do feel tired. We've often had to go a long, long way to find some sunshine, uh, so it's a long journey home. Uh, the traffic jams loom, the roadworks are there. Uh, they're all over the place these days. Your accelerator foot you know, gets cramped because you're pressing down so hard on it because you want to get back there fast. Um, the kids are arguing in the back. Somebody's kicking your chair. Somebody's saying, I think I'm going to be sick. And you can guarantee that you're going to get that inevitable question, are we there yet? Every five minutes, usually. It's a nightmare. But you know, as your journey continues... Um, as you uh, unpack the car and close the front door behind you and the kids are all asleep in bed, you know that eventually you're going to be in your old familiar bed with your own ah, pillow. And it's lovely. It's lovely. And so, uh, instead of leaving everybody on the M1 on a service station, um, you, uh, you soldier on. You keep going. You keep going because you know what's in store at the end. And when you know what's at the end, the journey is a whole lot more bearable. What about life, though? That's just coming back from the holidays. Um, Where does life end? How can you be sure of what's at the end of it? Uh, And how can you be sure enough that it's going to help you keep on going even when things get tough? I was reading uh, a survey uh, the other day in in the paper and it said that um, just about everybody... Uh, believes in heaven. And of those, just about everybody's, just about all of them, think that they're going there as well. I wonder where we get those ideas from. Is it just that we sort of, you know, sit in the pub one night with a couple of mates and go, yeah, heaven, sounds like a really good idea, I'd like to go there, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um, Is it that we chat about it in the school playground, or the sixth form base, heaven, yeah. That's, yeah, I can think about what that might be like. Yeah, that would be good. Let's, let's do it. Or is it just a nice idea that we've got in our heads? Because if we're honest, really all of those things that we guess about heaven are just that, at best, a good guess about what it's going to be like and whether we're there. So wouldn't it be nice if God told us what it was going to be like? Wouldn't it be nice if he told us uh, whether we were going to be there? It would certainly make the tough bits of the journey a whole lot easier. Uh, Well, he has. He has. Uh, From chapter 4 on in Revelation, we've been getting this um, big God's eye view of what the whole of history is about. And by the time we get to chapter 7, we're getting a little peek through the curtain at the final scene, at what heaven's going to be like. the, The final harvest, the arrival home, if you like. So we're going to have a look at that now. Chapter 7. Do you want to find it in your Bibles? And I think Steph's going to come and read to us. It's page 1,238. Page 1,238. 
is chapter 7, starting at verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And the angels were standing round the throne, and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory, and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they, and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. We're going to be steaming through this passage, and I'm going to ask three questions. Uh, Who's there? How, How did they get there? And what's it like? And all of the answers to those three questions are going to be things that help us to keep going. They help us to keep going. When we find out who's there, when we find out how they get there, and we f- when we find out what it's like, it will help us to keep going. So first of all, who's there? Uh, I hope this is going to work. Well, this lot are there. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a little more enthusiasm than that in heaven. Though. That's it. Uh, it's great. Thank you very much for coming, everybody. Um, I've only ever been to one football match, Man City versus West Ham, Man City won 3-1. Um, uh, it was back in the day, I was 10 years old, and my lasting memory of that football match was the crowd. It was just so big, and the atmosphere was so amazing. I think that's what John feels as he gets this little look into heaven. Imagine this lot a thousand times over, or a million times over, or even more than that. And that's how John would have felt. That's what he would have seen. And it would seem that it's, it's absolutely everybody there from everywhere. Uh, verse 9 tells us, every country and tribe and nation. Uh, it shows your flags. There you go. Just, from just about everywhere. Uh, and uh, they are all speaking in their own languages. We'll see if this one works. Hello? Hello. That's quite good, wasn't it? That's very good. Hello? Hello. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, it's like uh, before everyone was split up at that Tower of Babel incident, isn't it? It feels like a sort of international um, street market. You know, the ones we get before Christmas down on the high street. Everybody's there. And it feels really, really good. But there are a couple of things to notice about this lot. Um, first of all, they all get good seats. I went down to London recently with a friend and I bought some tickets for their birthday um, to go and see a show. Uh, and I thought I'd paid pretty good money for these tickets. Well, we got there. Right at the back, up in the gods. Uh, uh, We're as far away as you can get from all of the action. Uh, You have to pay good money to get decent seats in in this world. In heaven, it's very different. Everybody seems to get a good seat. Have a look at verse 9. They are all before the throne and in front of the Lamb, Jesus. He's the main event and everyone gets to see. The second thing to notice is what they're wearing. Now, 
you might be forgiven for thinking there's some sort of uh, 80s toga party going on here. Um, uh, and uh, there's definitely a little bit of a gardening theme going on with these rather wilted palm branches. Uh, but um, it is a party. It's a victory party. A party that's thanking God and Jesus for all they've done in defeating sin and death. A victory party. White was the colour of victory. That's why they're wearing white. And the palm branches that they're waving, well, they used to wave palm branches at the Feast of the Tabernacles when they rejoiced in the harvest. Only the harvest here isn't fruit and veg. It's people. It's God's people arriving home. Um, You know, I think there are a lot of people out there who think there's um, no way that God's going to let them into heaven. Uh, even those, during those times they talk about in the pub and what have you. Uh, maybe you, you feel a little bit like that this morning. You know, I've just been, been too bad, messed up too much, ignore God too much. Uh, there's no point in even starting, never mind keeping going when it comes to God and putting him number one. I, I'm just too nasty. Well, take heart, this is a very big crowd, and uh, it's a crowd of all sorts. All sorts are there, uh, even, even you, it could be. Um, sadly, some of us also will think that, um, or we might have just given up telling people about Jesus uh, because we think there's no way this friend or that friend or that family member is going to listen. Uh, maybe sometimes we wrongly think that that person isn't good enough for heaven even. Or maybe we think that being a Christian is a private thing that we just keep to ourselves. Well, this is hardly private, is it? They're all there and they're all singing, they're all waving their blankets. every crowd, every language, every tribe, every nation. This big crowd stops us thinking any of those things. There are all people, all types and all sorts. And they'll all be sharing in the same victory, all of them with good seats. There is hope for every single one of us and hope for every single one of our friends and family. Let's keep going. Keep going. How did this lot get here? Well, we'll find out a little bit about that after the next song. Thank you very much. Give them a round of applause. Um, Someone once said of this passage, uh, Revelation 7, um, that no one deserves to get to heaven, but it seems like there's an awful lot of people there. No one deserves to get to heaven, but it seems like there's an awful lot of people there. Um, So how do they get there? How does this great crowd that we saw earlier on make it into heaven? Um, Those who've been to the Oaks, it's a holiday centre over near Meadowhead, um, and uh, if you've not been, I'd recommend it. Um, You have to be a bit littler, generally. Um, But it's a fantastic place. Now, they have a campfire sort of singing session, usually, on a weekend there. And one of the songs they sing um, talks about different ways that maybe you could get to heaven and basically tells you that you can't. It goes something like this. (coughs) Oh, you can't get to heaven. In a motor car, because a motor car won't go that far. Motor cars don't work. They get a bit silly at the Oaks sometimes. Oh, you can't get to heaven in a baked bean tin, because a baked bean tin's got baked beans in. Good advice. You can't. Um, It gets from the sublime to the ridiculous eventually. Oh, you can't get to heaven with Superman. Here he is. Because the Lord he is a Batman fan. <laughs> Sorry, Superman. Oh. Uh, I don't know about the theology of that song. Um, uh, but actually, it, it, it is dead right, isn't it? You can't get to heaven in just any old way. There is only one way. The chorus of the song goes, I ain't going to grieve my Lord no more. 
Which reminds us that God gets upset and grieved when we try and get to heaven in any other way than the way he's prescribed that we should get there. How does the crowd get in? What's their ticket? There is only one way to heaven. And that's through trusting in Jesus and what he did at the cross. Now, plenty of you be thinking, yeah, 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 I know all that. Others will probably be thinking, here they go again, banging on about Jesus at Christ Church Forward. They're always talking about him. But let me just show you how important and amazing this passage tells us Jesus is. Let me show you how Revelation 7, if you want to open it up again at uh, page 1238, how Revelation 7 reinforces that trusting Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. John is asked in verse 13 by one of these elders, who are the people in white robes? It's a bit of a tip here if you ever have a problem with a question at school. Um, uh, John tells the elder, I I think you know that, which is a great way of having them answer the question, which the elder goes on and does. Um, He says, these are the ones who've come out of the great tribulation. They're the overcomers. They are the people who have kept going. And how did they overcome? How did they keep going? How did they get their white robes of victory? Well, verse 14 goes on and tells us they've washed in the blood of the Lamb. They've washed in the blood of the Lamb. Now, generally, uh, washing in blood isn't a good idea. Uh, It leaves a, a bit of a mess, and normally I wouldn't recommend it. But right the way through the Bible, somebody else's blood spilt instead of ours is the way our disobedience to God is forgiven. Somebody else's blood spilt instead of ours is the way that our disobedience to God is forgiven. That's why Jesus had to die in your place. So that you can be forgiven. So that you can get to heaven. So that you can have one of those white robes of victory to wear to show that death and sin has been defeated. So it's no wonder, is it, that God does get grieved. He does get upset. He gets very upset when we think there's another way to heaven. It cost him everything the death of his only son. How daft we would be to think there's another way to get to heaven. Uh, But there's something else about this washing. I don't know uh, what the washing's like in your household. Um, In our house, I brought it with me this morning. Um, We we did the washing last night. This is this morning's. Look at it. The, The laundry basket, as soon as it's empty, it fills up again. As soon as the spin cycle is finished on our washing machine, it gets filled up and it gets pressed and going again. There is always something in the sink soaking in vanish because one of the children has managed to beat the washing machine. It's amazing how children can do that, isn't it? The the washing just goes on and on and on. For Christians, uh, it's not like that. For Christians who have washed in the blood of the Lamb, who have trusted in Jesus' death, who have faith in that sacrifice as their only ticket to get to heaven, the washing stopped finished, done. really is done. In God's eyes, you will never, ever, ever be dirty again. Jesus has done all that needs to be done. How good is that? It is absolutely amazing. No wonder this crowd in verse 10 uh, are shouting out, salvation belongs to our God, uh, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. No wonder the elders and the angels um, go, amen to that, brothers. No wonder they bow down and they say, praise and glory, wisdom and thanks, honour and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. No wonder God puts this bit in the Bible to keep us going when it gets tough. Keep going. Trusting in Jesus uh, makes us sure of heaven because he's the only way that we're going to get there. So keep going. It's something that we should always sing about. So I thought we'd do that.
Um, we've got a couple of great songs, really happy songs, uh, to remind us that this is something to be joyful about. If the angels can do it, if the crowd can do it, if the elders can do it, I think we should sing about it too. So, um, who's there? All sorts. Uh, how do they get there? Uh, by uh, washing in the blood of the Lamb, by trusting in Jesus uh, and his death. And um, what's it like? Well, if I'm honest with you, when I was younger, I used to think it was a little bit like this. You get some wings, sit on a cloud, play your harp, chill out, you know. But you know what? I couldn't have been more wrong. I'm going to put that in a wash. Um, it, uh, it's not like that at all. Uh, and Revelation 7 tells us it's not like that at all. Sure enough, this crowd in Revelation are singing, uh, and they're singing because of what Jesus has done, but it's more of a Snow White and the Seven Dwarves Whistle While You Work type singing. Did you notice that? Verse 15? It says they will serve God day and night. That's what it's like in heaven. It's going to be work. Heaven is going to be work. And if you think, and can I respectfully say this, if you think that serving God is a bit dull, then can I suggest that maybe you've not started serving him yet? Because um, it is the best thing that you can ever do to serve God. Uh, serving God is far from dull. I can, uh, I can vouch for that myself. As I've served God, it's been the best thing that I've ever done. And it's actually the thing that we're made to do. And it's what we'll be doing in heaven. Serving God, verse 15, tells us that, which makes it a great encouragement to keep on going and serving him here, now on this earth. Um, apparently, uh, John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, was once asked, what's heaven like? What's heaven like? And he replied, why not keep trying to live a holy life now and see? Keep going. Uh, the other thing about heaven is God and what he's doing. Uh, God is and always will be our loving Heavenly Father, won't he? And like any father, he protects and provides for his children. Verse 15. He who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them anymore, nor any scorching heat. In heaven, God's people serve, and God provides and protects. It's just like it was meant to be, really. So, keep going. Keep going. That's what it's going to be like. Well, if you switched off throughout this service, uh, wake up now because you could probably con somebody into thinking that you've heard everything over Sunday lunch if you listen to this last little bit. Uh, the reason that God has put revelation in the Bible is to help us now. It, it, it's to overcome and keep, help us overcome and keep going now. It's to help us and remind us to trust in Jesus now, today. How do we keep going? How do we overcome? Well, Revelation chapter 7 tells us to remember that one day we could be hanging out with this big crowd of all sorts. So keep going. All sorts who have trusted in Jesus and all he's done on the cross. If that's you, then remember that and keep going. All sorts who've arrived home. So keep going. But you know, there's one more thing. Uh, one very important thing that can keep you going. Um, remember that tough journey that we were talking about at the beginning? The gruelling one with unhappy people and sick children and, uh, and questions and grumbling? The other thing that makes journeys like that more bearable, the thing that helps you keep going through the traffic jams and the, uh, the, the roadworks, is who's there when you get there? Who's there when you get there? You know, we often make journeys to see people, don't we? Family members? Uh, good friends, people whom we love. And have you noticed how quickly the memory of a bad journey fades when you're in the arms of someone you love or sitting around a dinner table with one of your family members? 
the best thing about heaven is a person. Someone who's at the centre. Someone who's sat on the throne. A throne that is mentioned seven times just in these few verses uh, to draw our attention to the person who's sitting there. What's keeping me going? I'm going to meet Jesus. How brilliant is that? I'm going to meet Jesus. Verse 17. For the lamb at the centre of the throne, that's Jesus, will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I'm going to meet Jesus. And there's only one thing to say to that. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you um, for giving us this encouragement to keep on going. Lord, help us to uh, trust that we will be with those people, all sorts, even us. Help us to trust that Jesus has done it all to get us there as he died on the cross. And help us to know that it's going to be an amazing place to be where we'll serve you and you will protect and provide for us. And thank you also, Lord, that we're going to meet you face to face. It's going to be so good. So help us to keep going now. Amen.